Your boredom is over because we're just getting started here today on most shows recap. Today we're talking about the new AMC series Into the Badlands. I'm Rob Sister and here are the most shows recappers, Josh Wiggler and Antonio Mazzaro. Rob, hit it! Hit our theme song, Rob! Yes, it's ready. We're going into the Yes. In the Badlands, is he called the boss still, or is he the Baron? The Baron. Yeah. <laughs> the, Baron. the Baron boss. The Baron yes. boss. Yes. Oh, man, Into the Badlands. Listen, this show has been drilled into your and my brain, at least, Rob, from watching Walking Dead every week for the past several weeks. So I guess it's about time we finally uncaged the beast here. Yes, actually, uh, that's where our Walking Dead podcast is actually going to be located in the middle of this Into the Badlands review. We, we <laughs> teased at the end of our Walking Dead podcast, uh, stay tuned for this week's Walking Dead podcast. Uh, 20 minutes into the Into the Badlands review on most shows recapped. No, that's Ooh. actually a, a really funny idea, and I'm making a note of it that in 20 minutes, I want to give you my predictions about what's going to happen in the Walking Dead finale. Stay tuned for our predictions for the Walking Dead finale here on our Into the Badlands recap on most shows recapped. I'm, right, I'm in trouble. Did I did I miss something on Walking Dead? I last thing I saw there was a dumpster involved. Am I uh, on point? Am I good? Oh Stay God, tuned yeah. for a special message from Antonio Mazzaro about the Walking <laughs> Dead. 20 minutes into our recap. Of into the badlands i just wanted to let you all know that i really appreciate the fact that you guys still like me even though i missed last week's walking dead and uh just to hear from you guys has been a real a real pleasure it's been great stay tuned for more callbacks to bruce springsteen's <laughs> badlands coming up later on during into the badlands coming up right now hit it again rob <laughs> Yes, all right. We're, we are two episodes into uh, AMC's Into the Badlands, and uh, it is another comic book adaptation, correct, Josh? No, false. Oh, I thought it was. I thought, it was. <laughs> I, I thought you told me you liked, the, you liked the comic book. What am I thinking? No, of? I, I liked Preacher. I liked Preacher. Preacher, the trailers for Tre- Preacher and Into the Badlands premiered at the same time, and I guess maybe uh, in translation of me telling you that Preacher is my favorite comic book. You must have thought of that it was into the battle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so totally. I've got good news for you. I've got no edge on you. I believe there's no source material here. No, sor- no source material? No, no source material into the Badlands, all original, except it is uh, based created on the Bruce by... Springsteen song. Oh my god, this is gonna be the best podcast of all time. Yeah, we'll keep pushing until it's understood. I think that's oh, what we need to do. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> Don't waste your time waiting. No, not, Definitely not, not. not based on a comic book potentially based on a Bruce Springsteen song, but it comes to you courtesy of, um, I believe their names, Alfred Goh and Miles Miller, who are some of the people responsible for Smallville. So there are superhero ties here on Into the Batman. Okay. That's about it. Otherwise, yeah, no comic books. I could, see, I could see why you'd think that it might be based on a comic book because it does have these elements that seem sort of otherworldly or uh, that they could fit really well in a comic book. I found myself watching it thinking, like, I wonder if I would like this as a comic. Would it be too slow or some of these characters perfect comic book characters like the baron the main baron is he too over the top or is he a perfect comic book villain i think they're certainly trying to keep it in that genre for sure yeah yeah 
All right. So we are two episodes into the series uh, so far. Another episode is going to be on Sunday night after the Walking Dead mid-season finale. And then, Josh, is Into the Badlands going to keep on powering through? Uh, I believe it's going to power without through. a Walking Dead lead in. I think it's going to power through for a while. Listen, that will have given it three weeks to have captured some of that Walking Dead audience. So if they couldn't pull it off at that point, then I think we're going out of the Badlands. So yeah, I think that they're going to try and power through. I think it looks like it's at least six episodes. It's going to continue running through December. Boy, that's a scary proposition though to go from Walking Dead lead in. Okay, now next week you're on your own. So now they'll just have Talking Dead lead in. So it'll be Talking Dead episodes with Chris Hardwick about no actual episodes of The Walking Dead. Wow. Yeah. Well, he can describe some of the goings on on that. Uh, you know, this they really advance the story every week on The Walking Dead. So some of those Talking Dead episodes are probably going to be great. Uh, it's going to be no Walking Dead. It's going to be the revival of Talking Bad, except rebranded Talking Badlands. Oh, that's <laughs> Talking perfect. Badlands. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's interesting because it lost twenty, like twenty eight percent. Uh, between week one and week two in the ratings and shows usually drop off after week one but that's with that lead-in so where does it go when the lead-in changes i don't think anyone knows into the badlands <laughs> it's really into the badlands into the sad josh lands. could you set up the premise for into the badlands for people who haven't seen it but are listening to our review of it yeah as near as i can tell i mean it's a pretty easy premise it takes place at some undetermined you know, point in the future potentially, or maybe some sort of parallel earth, but it takes place after this really heavy thing happened that no one even really remembers the details of. And so society has kind of been paved away, remolded in the shape of more of like a feudal society where it's based on barter systems and trading with other communities. And you're, you know, you've got your sources, the main crew that we're following in this takes place in some little fiefdom where everyone is into the poppy fields. Everyone is is plowing the poppy fields, getting some of that sweet opium going on. And our main character is uh, this dude named Sonny, who is always Sonny in the Badlands. And he is a clipper. And a clipper is basically just like a professional killer slash bodyguard slash soldier. And he is the number one killer in the land, the number one clipper in the Badlands. And he works for this guy named Baron Quinn, He's a real piece of work and has a really sweet beard. He's kind of got like this evil Abraham Lincoln aesthetic. Uh, and he is the he is the baron of this section of the Badlands. And there seems to be some war brewing between him and some of the other barons in the Badlands. And throughout it all, there is this young kid named MK. And this kid <laughs> and this kid MK, he uh, he has this power inside of him that if he bleeds, he becomes like the bringer of death. He just goes all out and goes insane and just destroys everything in his path. So he seems to be connected somehow in his childhood to this place that exists outside of the Badlands, if you can believe it. And Sonny seems to have some sort of connection to that place as well. So Sonny and this kid, okay, um, their destinies seem intertwined. And that's kind of where we're at with the Badlands right now. How was that? Was that good? Yeah. Good show. Nice talking to you guys. Talk to you next week. Yeah, see bye. There's no guns. No guns are allowed. Yeah, no, no guns. No the guns. Parents no. have outlawed guns. They're they've got each of their own commodities that they're that they're you know they they seem to be kind of uh, in place of. You've got drugs. There's oil. Uh, we don't really know. I think what the full land is, but they, there was this chaos that Josh was talking about, and apparently these barons or a set of barons, at least some of them are not the original barons for their little fiefdoms. They controlled the chaos and they organized this area into seven kind of kingdoms and so that's what it is i don't get the sense that it's super huge though i think we're talking a matter of maybe like a couple of states not you know the whole united states if it's even in the united states 
Who knows where it is? That's part of the mystery is where are these badlands? And the other thing that's going on here, in addition to all of this plot, is that the show is a super stylized uh, kung fu battle about every, you know, uh, 20 minutes or so on the show. And it really is, uh, you know, very well done. Uh, almost like a uh, Kill Bill type uh, fight sequence uh, every so often on the show. Totally. Yeah, it's very martial arts heavy. It is action packed. Uh, I'm not a big martial arts guy to begin with. Like, I don't know martial arts cinema very well or anything like that. But uh, I, re- I really enjoyed the action sequences in this. And I didn't know that I would just based on the on the previews for the show, on the on the commercials for the show. I thought that, that it would just be like a completely you could write this off. Totally not great show. Not up my alley. Um, I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying this show. And I think a lot of it has to do with just the action scenes are killer. I mean, they're really, really good scenes. Yeah, it's just so well. Like, there's just a lot of choreography going on there. And there's a lot of the Kung Fu kind of sound effects and the uh, over impactful kicks and punches and things like that. But it's really, it's just some great kind of, I hate to say this, but there's some great kills. Like there's some great ways that people take other people out. There's a lot of broken bones in the first episode, Mm -hmm. a whole lot of broken necks, broken arms. Uh, It's not for the faint of heart in that regard. I'll say that, but it, uh, yeah, these action sequences are really pretty killer. It also has this interesting, like it's definitely a Kung Fu show or a martial arts show, but it has like a weird steampunk kind of vibe as well. Uh, even though it's set seemingly in the kind of like a, almost like a civil war era, kind of the Baron, for example, comes off as very much like a plantation owner. He lives in a plantation house, has slaves working for him and on and on. Evil Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. And Abraham Lincoln beard. Uh, it has a very kind of steampunk vibe. It's almost like, uh, like, uh, like steampunk foo or something. I don't know. It's like very weird the way it works. Steampunk foo. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, that definitely exists. That definitely exists. What about the story overall? Because I think that we're all going to be in agreement that the action sequences are pretty killer on the show. But it's basically the storyline that's going to get us from action sequence to action sequence to action sequence. Is it holding up for you guys through two episodes? Are you invested in the story of Sonny? You know, whatever. I, I kind of, I guess, a little. I, I don't really, I don't care about the characters too much yet. I, I'm not heavily invested in Sonny. I like his name. I like Daniel Wu, who plays Sonny. He's pretty great. Um, I like, I like some of the characters. Um, I like the widow. I think the widow is pretty badass. Um, but I, they're all kind of thinly drawn out so far to me. And the story is a pretty familiar one. You know, there's this kid who may or may not have, uh, you know, this this destiny he has this you know this sort of um this mysterious past that's going to come into play and it's probably going to break the badlands if everybody finds out about it so i mean it, we've we've seen that type of story play out in other stories before so it's it's got a familiar quantity to it i think that right now for me it's a vehicle for really awesome action scenes in a pretty interesting looking world uh with you know this as antonio said this sort of steampunk foo thing that's going on for it so i like that but the characters themselves a little whatever right now there's time to change that and i'm enjoying the aspects of the show that i like enough right now that uh that uh, that i'm fine with that that i can roll with that for a bit yeah i think that that's right i think that that's what made me think i wonder if i would enjoy this as a comic book because the first couple of episodes especially have are playing like okay long term i'm gonna maybe find out more about these characters motivations but some of them aren't being so clearly drawn. There's a lot of intrigue right away. Uh, the Baron has a son, and the son and the Baron really aren't on the same page. And the Baron's wife, uh, he 
wants to keep multiple wives, but the mother of that son, is she with the Baron? Is she not with the Baron? There's a lot of kind of that going on. And that's a whole soap opera. It's a whole soap opera. Yeah. It's an opium soap opera. Uh, And it's really (laughs) interesting what's going on there. But um, yeah, you're right, Josh. I just, it, it, it is kind of whatever with the characters They're They're trying. I think that it's great to see like a, a, you know, Daniel Wu, an Asian man kind of leading the show. That's fantastic. But his character is kind of, he's kind of all over the place, at least early on. He quickly becomes, I think you you start to side with him a little more, but this is a very cold-blooded killer. Uh, And there are clearly some kills in these first two episodes that he just won't do. But it's, uh, it's, he's not the most kind of heroic guy from the jump. He certainly has to get there. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he has this, he's, you know, supposed to be the fiercest clipper in the land, the most loyal guy to Quinn. And by the end of a 45 minute episode, he's like, Hey, little kid who I barely know, just get out of here. Yeah. Just, uh, just get out of here. Just and go. it's the same episode where he's, he's told the woman he loves that, you know, their child together, it's not going to happen. She's got to get rid of it because he's so loyal. So I just, it, it seemed a little off to me. And I, we, we're going to find out more. I think Josh, as you pointed out, the two are linked, obviously. I think we'll find out more about this link and why it means so much uh, to, you know, to that character. But right now it's just not abundantly clear. And so the motivations are a little all over the place for Sonny, especially. Yeah, I agree that I think that Sonny is probably uh, the least interesting character on the show. Sure. He's the guy who is like uh, at the heart of all these action sequences. And he's the guy who can, you do all this sword fighting, but I actually thought that some of the supporting characters are pretty interesting. Like I was like, at least like when the Baron is on the screen, when the widow is on the screen, uh, even like uh, the, you know, the, the Baron's wife and the, and the kid uh, like I was sort of interested in, uh, in those sort of plots more than I was interested in what's going on with Sonny, where it was just like with him. Okay. Let's just get to the next fight. Right. So you're digging evil Abraham Lincoln. You like him. I liked that. I thought that was that was good. And he's got like uh, some sort of terminal illness, too. But he's got a new wife. Uh, And then uh, he's he's got like a a foster kid that's like a a real Joffrey. So uh, I I am liking everything that's going on with the Baron. Yeah, I couldn't believe that he just, you know, he gets this terminal illness diagnosis and then just turns right around and kills the doctor, which is a hardcore move. I get it from his perspective, because, like, if the news breaks, kill the messenger. That's the move. You know, these, these, this guy is the only person who knows that that the that he's dying, that evil Abraham Lincoln is dying. So he may as well uh, squash that news before it can spread and all the other barons make their move. But, man, that was cold, ruthless, totally ruthless. And of course, he wanted Sonny to do it and he didn't want to be that ruthless, but then he comes out. You don't see it happen. I really like that. You just see the Baron kind of emerge covered head to toe in blood. Uh, and the Baron's telling stories about what a great fighter and clipper he used to be and all the things that he was. So you get the impression that this Baron, he does kick a lot of ass. Yeah. Good Baron. He's a good Baron. He's a great good Baron. Baron. He's a great, I mean, he's great. a terrible Baron to, to live under, I'm sure. But in terms of being a dictatorial Baron, he's got that on block. Yeah. <laughs> and the widow, I like her too. I love the oh, widow. The widow is great. Let's talk about the widow for the rest of the show. Okay. <laughs> I love her. MK. That's my, that's MK. Yeah, what? I love her. Emily Beecham is her name. She's Minerva, better known as the window, wid, the window, the better window. known as the widow. Uh, this is uh, based on her Wikipedia entry. She is the Badlands newest Baron, a brilliant martial artist and skilled swordswoman. She has adopted a blue winged butterfly as her baronial symbol, shown in yellow on a light blue banner. It represents a transformation from insignificance to beauty and power. Her territory of oil fields manufactures crude oil. Oh, did you guys know that? 
I, I had a fe- I had a feeling it might be. Yeah. Um, so that's what she's up to. Well, they need the crude oil because there's a lot of motorcycles on into the Badlands. There's a lot of mean motor scooters out there in the Badlands. <laughs> yeah, there they're really, they're really are. Uh, but yeah, I want to know more about these baronial symbols. I want to see some more of that. Yeah, well, um, yeah, they're, they're sigils, if you will. They're, they're sigils, baronial yeah. sigils. But I like the widow. I like the I like that she's you know she's called the widow, which is just like such a dismissive way of talking. Her her name's Minerva. People, you know, she's got a name, um, and she's clearly just kind of looked down upon in the Badlands. She has that group of mercenaries she's talking to at one point, and she's like, "Hey, work for me." And they're like, "I don't really think so." She's like, "If one of my girls can kick your ass, will you work for me?" And they're like, "Yeah, but then we take one of your girls." And clearly, that's not going to work out in favor of these mercenaries. Once again, more broken neck bones stem from that. And Minerva has just shown her exertion of power over those people. And even earlier than that, we just see her kicking all kinds of ass in the bar. So I like her. I like her. I don't, I don't know what to make of her. I don't know if she's supposed to be sort of, um, I, I think that the, that evil Abraham Lincoln is obviously the chief antagonist, but I'm wondering where Minerva fits into this thing. If she's going to be a more sympathetic character, if she's kind of a secondary antagonist, if she and Sonny are ever going to be on the right side of this thing. Uh, but I like her a lot. She's my favorite character by far so far. Wow. There's some suggestion that she killed her husband, right? That she killed her husband and that's what kind of put her into the forefront as the Baroness, if you will. She's new and she is making those moves against uh, the Baron Von Ruthless, the Opium Baron here, the evil Baron. And she's using other Barons to kind of, it sounds like, try to get leverage against him. And it's, it's sort of this thing where these people seem to have existed at arm's length for a while. And she's uh, she's aiming to really shake up the way everything is kind of playing out. So that's the story we're kind of thrust into. And MK is a big part of that. For some reason, the widow really wants MK. I don't know why, uh, but that's really something that that the bar- that the widow's into. I mean, sh- it's probably because of his power, and she wants to harness it. But how did she know about it? Uh, what does she know about it that that MK doesn't know himself? Like, I don't know. Is she gonna? We're gonna have a montage where she's training him and she says, it's easy, MK. Like, is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I'd love to see that if so. Step one instead of guns, say swords. Yeah. (laughs) She had him in the bath at one point. That's right. Yeah, she did. That was a little awkward. (laughs) It was intense. It was intense. It was very intense. Um, But, I mean, we're we're making fun of him, Kay, but we should talk about his, his power set where if this dude bleeds, he kills you. He throws... He throws you into big glass mirrors. The mirror breaks and the shards of mirror come towards MK and he grabs a shard out of thin air and shurikens it back yeah. into the dude's eye with laser precision. Yeah. This is, this is like, um, if, if, you know, if Bruce Banner turned into the Hulk and rather than just like tearing the entire city apart, he just like very focusedly punched one person, the right person square in the nose and then like went back to normal. This is a pretty cool superpower, I feel like. Yeah, and if he could harness it, like cut himself, get really emo about it, you know, just kind of like uh, a cutter. Yeah, you could really harness it like Beth clippers and cutters on this. show. Yes, exactly. We could have that happen. Yeah, it could be intense. It could be very intense. But uh, the uh, the downside of it, obviously, is like if he just bleeds, he goes ballistic. And so if he can't focus that, I mean, this kid is going to be bleeding all the time. He's in the pits. He's annoying on top of that. So people are probably going to be inspired. How dare you? They're going to be inspired to rough him up a little bit. So I don't know how he's going to keep that in his uh uh, in his in his back pocket for a while, but it's interesting. I like that. I think that's a that's a cool little a cool little twist for that character. What's the run of Into the Badlands? Uh, how many episodes? Yeah, 
Uh, I'm not sure what the what the grand total is. Wikipedia has listed through episode six, December 20, 2015. I don't have beyond that if there is beyond that. Um, but at least six episodes. That'll probably that'll probably be that sounds like a standard AMC first season for a new show. That's typically what they like to do. That's what they did with Fear the Walking Dead. That's what they did with the regular Walking Dead. So I could see it just being the six, um, which seems like a nice amount of time to tell a pretty cool story in this world. I don't know if it, it's a, the right amount of time to tell like a big, long, epic story, but for a first season, I feel like that will work. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, obviously. We're, you know, the world that they know, the Badlands, if you will, it seems to be rather limited. And obviously, these characters are really focusing on what might the world be outside the Badlands, and they don't really know. And that seems to be driving the kind of story between Mke and uh, Sunny and what's going on there. And maybe there's this other mythical city they can get to or whatever. Um, we don't really know where the world is beyond that. So this show could be, I mean, it's called Into the Badlands. So it's like they're heading out, maybe going on some quest. Uh, maybe they're going to go through the Badlands and end up somewhere else. And then the show has possibilities beyond that. That said, it's a really odd world. I don't know if we're talking about like M. Night Shyamalan, like the village level kind of thing going on here. Not to spoil that the twists of that one, but I don't know if the barons are are controlling in any way uh, what's in the world or what's not. I mean, the Baron can get uh, can get an x-ray on his head, it seems like, like an MRI, but yeah, and there's motorcycles everywhere, but there's also really weird things happening. There's Victrolas playing records, and there's uh, there's just a weird kind of stylistic vibe, and some of it's feudal Japan, some of it's Victorian era, some of it's the 1920s, so that's the steampunk kind of thing, and I don't know if that's going to vary from barony to barony, or if that's going to vary outside the Badlands, but I think they need to get a little more consistency there if they're going to do a really better job of world building, because it's kind of all over the place. Can I say two things about that? Um, of one course. is yes. One, one is it's five o'clock, so let me just really quickly give my Walking Dead uh, finale prediction, which is I think a lot of people are going to die. It's going to be very bad, and I think that we're in for some heartbreak on Sunday. Real people or red shirts? I think a combination. I think that we'll lose one real person at least, maybe two real people, and then a lot of red shirts. That's my prediction. Uh, now the second thing is can we spoil the village because I think that there is something interesting there can we can we talk about what that what yes. that twist can we talk yes. about all that right, twist right. I didn't want to jump right in but yeah alright so you've Absolutely. got your spoiler alert if you have not seen M. Night Shyamalan's The Village yet stop go watch don't, that don't, don't go watch it but, then, <laughs> but at least then, stop if you intend to then come back uh, so the, the twist in the village is that, you know, you think that you're looking at like a colonial village the entire time. And it turns out that, nope, it's the modern day. And it's just like this little tiny compound where colonial things are happening. So to apply that to into the Badlands, are we thinking that the Badlands or, you know, all of these areas that the Barons have control over? Are you floating out the possibility that the real world exists outside of this thing still? Uh, is that is that on the table? Is it possible that we are talking about like some tiny little sphere of the world? And outside of this sphere of the world, like Tokyo and New York City and Los Angeles and France and all these places, they all still exist and they're all still doing okay. What's your take on this, Rob? I can't see how that this world could exist on like some sort of an island outside of what's going on in our in our world. I would explore with you. Could this be an alternate history? Mm, well, I know that you're really into the alternate history these days. Yeah, yes, I've been watching newsreels uh, over and over again. They're, they're really yeah. very convincing. Yeah, well, just as a quick sidebar, we did talk about the man in the high castle last week on Mo Show's Recapped. And at this point, Rob says, you know, I believe you have finished. Yeah, the first I could season. not be higher on man in the high castle. Yeah. How Ooh, was it? Give us, give us the 
I love Give it. us the spoiler free take. Uh, it was really good. You know, I really, uh, the main character, uh, Juliana, that um, we talked about, you know, I really, I don't find her to be the most interesting person in, in, in the story, but I feel like that there are a, a lot, again, a lot of these side characters that I find to be uh, much more uh, colorful and uh, interesting. And uh, while I cannot do justice uh, to his name as like uh, Antonio can, uh, J- the uh, John Smith character, uh, that he is a very, very strong character on the show. And uh, overall, like it was very interesting, you know, very tense the whole way through. And I really uh, do recommend Man in the High Castle. And I really do think that there's something to this binge watching as opposed to because I do feel like that um, th- that show, like if we were if, if we were doing a podcast every week on that show, I feel like there'd be a couple episodes of like, boy, uh, is anything happening on this? Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like, uh, you know, we're part of the problem, maybe. Yeah, yeah they're, gonna, they're trying to actively put us out of business is what they're doing. But. No, I found myself watching Into the Badlands and thinking, you know, I really, I think I would like this show better as a binge. I watched the two back to back. If there had been three, I would have watched three. If there had been four, I would have watched four. I, I just, agree. Uh, you know, I just, I think that if I have to watch it week to week, I'm going to say, oh, what's the, where's the, the impetus, the driving force to keep me tuning back into this story? But I'm not worried about that if I'm binging. So I think I would save these up and watch them. Um, but I don't know, alternate history. It might be an alternate history. I just... I think that the barons have control kind of of what's going on clearly within their own baronies and without. And there seems to be some land beyond the, the kind of, and because of that, we don't really know where this, where this could be. We don't know when it's set that fight scene where it's raining and there's a car with the headlights and it's very blade runner kind of setting. Um, That looks like it came right out of like a 19, like thirties or forties film noir. But then you cast back to the baron and he's in the 1860s, he's in the 1910s, it's all over the place. So it almost seems to me like it's specifically manufactured and not sort of organically set in one place or time. And if it's specifically manufactured like that, then where does it end? That was my only thinking. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's cool. I, I like that it sort of has these uh, shifting settings throughout the show. And I think that you just touched on, on two of the biggest noticeable ones, which is that, that fight scene in the rain, and then you cast that back to Quinn's, uh, Quinn's headquarters, the fort. Um, and they're, t- they're completely, completely different. And it does get you excited about like, where could the show go? Where, where else could we see, where else could we see kind of these, like this really cool martial arts character, just like kick unholy amounts of ass. Where's the next place he could do that. Uh, he's also running out of room of, uh, places on his back to tattoo the dead bodies, there right? A lot of tattoos. Yeah. yeah Cause Sonny, every time he kills somebody, he gets a tattoo and <laughs> apparently they're all on his back and they're all just like, you know, groups of five, five. Uh, and he is, uh, he's out of space. He's, he's killed so many just in these, in these two episodes, he's probably killed like 30 people already. That so second episode is insane. That scene with the chain and with, uh, mm. yeah. you know, with everything that's going with Ryder that's going on there. Like it's just a murder fest with, uh, right. with Sonny there. So yeah, that was 30 or 40 people right there for sure. Yeah. It's a really brutal show. Um, Antonio, I know you're not the biggest violence fan. Uh, you don't, no. you don't, you don't love, you don't love the action genre. You don't, you don't, this isn't typically your thing. How are you doing with that stuff? With I'm fine. It doesn't, it, it normally, it doesn't really get to me from a sickness or stomach standpoint. Doesn't really make me sick. I just find no, action. severe gastrointestinal distress. Oh. I don't have any severe GI uh, distress. No, that is not happening. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a, uh, I don't like action for action's sake. That said, I do think that there's some, I don't know, beauty in martial arts uh, kind of action scenes. I like a crouching tiger was a movie I liked a really long time ago. The kill bill, you know, scenes that are fights 
that aren't violence for violence sake or gores for gore's sake. I still do like, and there were some really interesting kind of uh, ways to kill people that were on display here. So I could take it. I, I don't know if I could take a whole season of it. We'll see. But uh, the first couple episodes didn't get to me too bad. Yeah, Josh, that I know you're pretty tapped in on all of this stuff. What's been the buzz on Into the Badlands? Does this seem like that this is headed towards renewal? Is this sort of uh, uh, on the one foot into the Badlands, one foot out of the Badlands? Right. I'm not seeing a lot of buzz about it. You know, I, I'm seeing a ton of commercials about it while I'm watching Walking Dead. Uh, but when I'm not watching Walking Dead, what's the buzz going to be? I think that's the question. I think we hit on that earlier is what happens when the Walking Dead goes away, when there are no more zombies to feed into the Badlands? Um, is this show still going to have legs or is it going to go into the dumpster? And if it goes in the dumpster, can it get out? Um, I, I think that that's the question. I think it, it has a, it has the strongest lead in you could possibly have on television right now. It's got the Walking Dead and it's feeding people into the Badlands and uh, as Antonio said, the drop between week one and week two was substantial, was significant. So let's see what it's like on on Sunday night, and then let's see what it's like a week from Sunday. And I think that that's going to be very, very telling. But in terms of buzz, in terms of people talking about the show, I'm not seeing a ton. I'm not seeing a ton. Are you seeing a lot? I'm not. And I'm feeling like that maybe this could be sort of like the bastard executioner thing where it's sort of like, is anybody invested in this world? Right, right. But I got to say, so far, I would give this, you know, if like as many thumbs up as possible over the bastard execution. I would say that what into the badlands is doing is much more successful than what that show had been doing. And I think the biggest thing is this feels quick. Like it never feels like it's long or drawn out. It doesn't, you don't feel bored. I think the action sequences are really creative and imaginative and fast and propulsive. And you really just, you're, you're feeling it and you're into it. And in the scenes in between, they're already colorful and exaggerated enough that, yeah, maybe you're not heavily invested into the characters yet, but the story just has enough texture and detail and stakes that it's it's keeping you interested. And I think that something like The Bastard Executioner, which was like a two and a half hour episode or something like that, just felt like forever. And I didn't keep watching it, but I'm sure knowing Kurt Sutter, it stayed long. It stayed lengthy. Uh, Into the Badlands, as Antonio had said earlier, if episodes three, four and five were available right now, I probably would have just kept watching them this morning. I probably would have just kept going in. It goes. It's a it's a very easy Easy, easily digestible show. Uh, no, no gastrointestinal distress when it comes to watching the Badlands. At least not for me. I think it's just it goes down really, really well. And for me, it's kind of like it's not like a, you know, it's not based on a comic book or anything like that. But it kind of reminds me of like the old Final Fantasy video games and just some goofy BS like that. A really colorful world with stupid violence, and uh, I can I can kind of turn my brain off and just watch the show and be happy. So I liked it. I, I had a good time with it. It was easy. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably right. It's interesting when you talk about buzz, Rob. I, AMC's launched several shows, you know, in the kind of the the ones shows that aren't Mad Men or Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul or shows like The Walking Dead or at least kind of shows that they intend to kind of tailgate off of those shows and get get popular. And of course, you get you get shows like Low Winter Sun, which is nothing and was similarly heavily promoted during Breaking Bad, like this show is being promoted during Walking Dead, tanked. Nobody really wanted to watch it canceled. Then again, you have I a show about low winter sun. How yeah, could well, you there forget? you go. How could the, you forget? No, tell me. I mean, but they have the show hell on wheels now and hell on wheels is going into, I think it's fifth season. And I couldn't tell you any buzz about that show, but it's in its fifth season. So I don't know what their expectations are for into the badlands. I'm sure they would love it for be for it to be walking dead style kind of hit in its first season, like similar to how walking dead was. 
Obviously, that's not happening, but the ratings were still good because of the lead-in. If they go down and they're low, I guess it's their, depending on the budget, depending on what their expectations were, it could still be like a hell on wheels and they could still renew it. So it's, it, it's not, I'm, I'm not seeing buzz, but I don't see buzz about other shows on AMC that AMC is still cranking out. So I'm not really sure what their goals are with the show and what their expectations are. But I think you're right, Josh, about the pacing. I, I find most of the characters that we've seen so far very interesting. So if the widow's on screen, I love that the widow's on screen. If, uh, if Baron, you know, if the Baron's on screen, the Baron Von Ruthless, I love that Baron Abe Lincoln is on screen and I'm watching every second of it. So I, I think that the pacing's been pretty good because of the characters that we've seen so far are fairly interesting and that helps for sure. That next Sunday is going to be the real like uh, telling week for the ratings on the Into the Badlands. Can we do our favorite thing where we uh, suggest titles for the show, yes. alternate titles? Yes. Uh, who's got who's got one? Who wants to lead us off? I I, I don't, I, don't I'm, I can think of one, but I don't have one right off the top of my head. Do you have one? I don't have one yet. Into the MK lands. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like steampunk foo. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I if it was very clear in the title what the show was, I would know to watch or not watch. Hmm. What about um? I don't know. What about opium versus oil? Is that going to work? Oh. Or not? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they just try to do that with that Don Johnson show? What was that called? Yeah. yeah what's a Spartacus blood and sand? You could have yeah. like Badlands uh, oil and opium. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Boy, this is How about something with sunny, like sunny yeah. day. It's, or, always, you know? it's always sunny in the Badlands. It's yeah, always it's sunny, sunny in the Badlands. Badlands. All, all good. Yeah. yeah. All good. Um, yeah. I don't have, I don't have anything. I, I will workshop something. Workshop. What, what about a, a different uh, credits or theme music? Yeah, Rob, do you have any suggestions for a better theme song for this show? What about... Is that, is that God, on the, the music on the show is so good. Yeah, has someone done a, a mix yet? Has someone made a YouTube video? Is with, that enough buzz? Oh, enough buzz? That's how you drive the buzz. We should do it. We can drive yeah. the buzz. Put that on Reddit. We'll get no it. buzz, no boss. No buzz, no boss. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad, Lance. Yeah. But God, I, I would say really also good. that uh, I, was in, I was enjoying it, but I, I wouldn't say that I was uh, falling in love with it. And I guess, you know, similarly, uh, you know, when we were talking about Man in the High Castle last week, I think I was sort of uh, more on the fence about it. But what kept me going was sort of the curiosity to say, well, I wonder how this is all going to turn out. And I right. can't say that I have that about Into the Badlands, where it's, it, it is a perfectly fine show, but yes. there's no part of my brain that's sort of like, oh, I wonder how it's all going to work out for Sonny. I wonder where, yeah. I wonder what's really beyond the Badlands. Uh, is the Baron going to be okay? You know, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm invested to that level, but I feel like in terms of like, you know, it has a cool look. If you're really into the fighting, uh, you got that too. It's just, for me, it wasn't really, um, you know, uh, didn't really uh, work my way into uh, my heart of like, I uh, got to find out what's going to happen next. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that the, the thing is that I, I really enjoyed it. But the fact that there's no backlog of episodes that I can just keep plowing through, I, I know that I'm not going to be watching it on Sunday night. I'm going to get into some other stuff on Sunday night. Then I'm going to have other things to do this week. And I'm just going to forget about Into the Badlands. And by the time that there's a whole bunch of Badlands piled up, I might forget that I have that to plow through. Be out of the Badlands. I'll be out of the Badlands by that point. But I mean, yes, if it was... Can. 
if it was all available right now, I would say it was pretty good lands. I would go into it. I would go further in. I would watch all six right now if they were all here, but they are not. You got to keep pushing until it's understood, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Into the Good Lands? Because maybe good it, people feel like uh, it's a better show if it's like, oh, Good Lands. Yeah, it's Into the Pretty Good Lands. The into pretty, the Great Lands. Pretty, pretty Good Lands. Yeah. <laughs> So not bad. So you feel like that maybe uh, into the Badlands, uh, uh, maybe on Netflix, maybe is a different story. That feels like the spot. That feels like that feels like that would be good. Or even if it was just all on AMC, that's fine. I like that the first two are totally free on AMC. We should probably highlight that. If you guys don't have AMC or whatever, uh, you don't need any kind of login to watch the first two episodes on AMC TV. They're completely login free. Uh, so that's cool. They're, I like that they're making it available. They're like, please come to our show. Anything we can do, be here. Get into join these us. Badlands. Come to these Badlands. Yeah. They're pretty goodlands once you get here. So we've got opium. You know, I feel like uh, they're they're doing everything but sending out free opium samples, which I think would probably not be great. Wow. Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, that's somewhere in the promo plan for season two, like sending out a little bit little samples from each one of the the different baronies. And what are the other baronies anyway? Does anyone know? No, I have no idea. Do you have any idea? We have we have crude oils. Crude oil, probably wood, maybe like wood. somebody's got just forest. The whole the whole yeah. thing is forest. Got to imagine some, some someone's got meat. Yeah, some farming, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so maybe some steel. Yeah, why not? Who knows? There's probably a sex based badlands as well. Well, you, sex, yeah. sex lens, like a red like a red light uh, barony. <laughs> the bad the bad sex lens. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will see what happens uh, next with uh, Into the Badlands. Of course, uh, the good thing about this show is that we'll be back week after week to uh, to uh, you know if Into the Badlands gets renewed, if it gets canceled, uh, we'll be there to uh, with the update. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We'll be here. Uh, we'll but until the Badlands start treating us good, is what you're saying. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Uh, doesn't he talk about working in the fields in that song doesn't that come up somewhere in that song pretty much uh yeah par for the course for springsteen i think well that's I mean, true yeah i really hope that that plays in like the season finale some Just sort of like i don't know like some sort of katie seagal cover of it of uh, yeah on the victrola yeah, I, think that'd yeah, be I think that'd be that'd be really good all right well let's let's wrap it up here on badlands i'm really excited i mean i was excited to dive into this this week but i'm really pumped up about what we've got in store next week who what's wants happening? to yeah, who wants to set that week? up, Antonio? Can you set that up for us? Yeah, we're uh, we're going to be talking about something that Rob just revealed that he's mostly caught up on, which is interesting to me, and I'd love to. I can't wait to hear about the the kind of relationship there. We're going to talk a little bit about South Park. Uh, yes. South Park. In you know, what is it? This is this like season nineteen or something? Season nineteen, I think. Season yeah. a thousand. Season nineteen of South Park, and they're doing something a little different with this season in that it's a continuous story from episode to episode. And that's really more than anything what we want to kind of break down. Uh, so, you know, how that compares to previous South Park episodes or seasons. Is it as funny? Is it better? Is it a show that we're more excited about tuning in week to week? What does this say for a show in its 19th season to be doing something different like this? And so that's really what we're going to be getting into. Yeah, we're going to get into that. We're going to call upon the services of the great Mike Bloom. To get involved, so he'll be here for the show. Yeah, if you want to get ahead, those episodes are on Hulu Plus. Hulu Plus, and I think there's what, like eight episodes so far in this in this run. Yeah, I think I've seen probably about six of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So it's uh, it's getting there. Okay. I think it's gonna be ten total. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be up through nine episodes with the finale around the corner by the time we're talking about it. So that'll be fun. We won't have uh, full closure on where the season is going, but I'm psyched. I haven't watched South Park in a while, probably a couple of years. Me neither. Uh, so, so I'm excited to jump back into it because when I when I was watching that show, I freaking loved that. There's show. a yeah. couple of the episodes. Uh, the, you know, I've seen the, just the uh, the first six. Not to get too uh, far down the uh, the rabbit hole here. But uh, yeah, a couple of them are, re- you know, really great. You know, South Park is always hit or miss. You know, you watch a bunch of them and it's like these like, you know, there's always like two great ones, two ones like that are just like ready to turn it off. And a couple of them are sort of meh. Yeah. Yeah. Meh lands. Well, they always do a great job of being topical and kind of turning around a lot of issues very quickly. So sure. it'll be interesting to me to see how they fit that in in the context of a season that is a lot more pre-planned. Uh, and that they've kind of structured out uh, with a continuous story. So that'll be fa- that'll be fascinating. Okay. So that's going to be uh, next week here on Most Shows Recap, and we'll be live again next Friday to talk about it. You can subscribe to Post Shows Recap because we got uh, so many uh, cool things uh, going on right now. PostShowRecaps.com slash iTunes. Uh, and of course, you can subscribe to this dedicated feed at PostShowRecaps.com slash MSR iTunes. But I'm especially interested now. It's the day after Thanksgiving, and of course, uh, it's a great day for leftovers. That you two got together and did a uh, really interesting uh, podcast this week about the leftovers. Yeah, Antonio is so much more eloquent than I am, so I want to turn the mic over to Antonio to explain what we did. Josh and I were basically in agreement that the leftovers is the best show on television right now, and it's crazy because not a lot of people are watching it. Certainly, not a lot of people are watching it with that intent or belief in mind. Uh, and kind of we've been podcasting about it throughout and this season has been truly sublime and I'd hate for anyone to miss out on this season because they never gave the show a shot or because the first few episodes of season one didn't really strike them or they didn't even like the premise so this week Josh and I recorded a spoiler free podcast which is just why you should be watching the leftovers it sets up the premise talks about all of the characters talks about what the show does really well without getting into specifics about the story so if you're on the fence or unsure about whether you should watch The Leftovers, you check out that podcast episode. Hopefully, we'll have you interested enough to watch enough of the first season to, for you to decide whether you really like the show or not. Yeah, and I think that we provide significant advisories of like, eh, if you're not loving it at first, you're not alone. Antonio and I didn't either at the very, very beginning of the show. And we give you some benchmarks of where the show starts to get pretty interesting and where the show gets downright fantastic and doesn't let up from that point forward. And if you get to that point and it's not doing it for you, then maybe it's just not the show for you. But Antonio and I love this show. It's some of our favorite podcasting that we've done together. Um, So we really wanted to kind of open the door, especially after this past week's episode, which was really, 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 really good. Uh, We wanted to kind of open the door up for people who were not watching The Leftovers to give them a shot. Come on in, see what we're doing, talk about this really cool show. So hopefully that works out for some of you guys. And I think it's a good podcast. If you're already a Leftovers fan, I think you'll get something out of it. But what you'll really get out of it is you could pass that along to people who you've wanted to convince to watch The Leftovers. And hopefully Antonio and I will do the work for you. Uh, yeah. so, so give that a shot, uh, subscribe to the leftover stuff that we do at postshowrecaps.com slash leftovers iTunes. And I, I really hope you come along for the ride because this season, season two really has been just some of the best television I've ever seen. It's great. It's really, it's good. worked on me. I'm, uh, working through season one right now. That's nice. awesome. That's yeah. great. 
So we'll we'll get your read maybe next week. See, we'll we'll do a gut check with you. That'll be right before how, the season two finale. How far along I am? Yeah. So we'll see how far into it you are. Well, good because I'm already caught up on the South Park stuff for the most part. So it'll right, be cool. an easy an easy week for me. All right. And I and I know Mike Bloom is doing the same thing as you. So we could all we could all do a little extra talking about it. All right. Good stuff. All right. Anything else this week? No. I mean, we've got Walking Dead finale coming up. Rob, how are you feeling? You good? Feeling good. Feeling feeling pumped up. I thought we had a good really good feedback show. Uh, that we Josh and I did taking your questions and answering all the voicemail about uh, this week and the controversy surrounding this season of The Walking Dead. And I feel like uh, we had got into some uh, very fun stuff. You can check that out at postshowrecaps.com as well. Plus, uh, you guys talked Fargo this week. Yeah, we talked Fargo this week. We always talk Fargo here at Post Show Recaps with Jeremiah Panhorst. Uh, we Fargo is, is really kind of picking up there, having an interesting season set in the 1970s and kind of uh, American Horror Story style, different cast, similar characters kind of thing that's happening. So it's a, it's a very good season of television, very enjoyable uh, and really hitting its stride just about now. So if you've been waiting to pick up on Fargo, now's a good time to binge on that as well. Yeah. I'll give you guys an interesting story about the pulse of America, if you will, from my family Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, The Walking Dead came up, uh, yes. came up and my uncle's done. He's over it. He's wow. done. Wow, he's out. Yep. He's out. Yeah, he's just done. He's thrown out into the the. He's thrown out with the garbage into a bad dumpster. Uh, he's just done. He wants no more of it. Oh, so he'll be back. So, yeah, so he'll be back. Right. Uh, even <laughs> though it seems to everyone like my uncle was finished with The Walking Dead, um, they even took his name. Uh, they took his placard away from the table. Right. They took his name off the table. He didn't have his name on the table anymore. We thought he was done and came back. So. Yeah, that's uh, and then there was a uh, some echoes of yeah, you're right. You know, it's really kind of a dumb show going around the table, and I was just like, wow, is this is this the moment when America turns on The Walking Dead? As Ohio goes, so goes the nation. I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. We'll see wow, what happens because wow. the Thanksgiving was in Ohio. So we'll see wow. what happens. It's interesting. Rob and I had a great feedback show this week where we, it was kind of a Festivus episode, right? Where we were airing our grievances. Sure. The grievances yeah. We've had about the feats of strength day. as well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the feet of strength was enduring the past few weeks of not knowing what was I going on. A lot on. of problems with you people. <laughs> yeah. But but I think we got, we got a lot off our chest. I think that we, we got over a lot of our problems. And I think Rob and I are both psyched to see how this shakes out on, on Sunday night. A lot God is riding on a really good finale right now. Oh, yeah. boy. Okay. All right. So that's going to do it for us here today on Most Shows Recap. We'll be back uh, next week. Check out everything else going on on postshowrecaps.com. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. Two Zs, one R. And of course, uh, Josh is at Round Howard. Have a great holiday weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.